spooky friends, and welcome back to a new episode of Ghoul's Night In, the podcast where we talk about everything creepy with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And Midge has has a creepy topic for us today. <laughs> Penny's favorite thing. We're going to be talking about scary movies, yeah. um, specifically about the subgenre of the slasher film uh, and how it came to be, what you know makes it a slasher, and why we, well, some of us love this genre so much. <laughs> Uh, I'm very, I'm excited to hear. (laughs) And I will say we're not going to deep dive into like franchises on this episode. This is specifically about like kind of the the genre of the slasher. So uh, do let us know uh, if you have any specific, you know, franchises that you're interested in us delving deeply into at some point, Mm. I would be happy to oblige. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, slasher movies. Uh, I love them. It's my favorite subgenre of horror um albeit uh sometimes problematic and we will get into that today as well uh but first i guess is kind of you know what makes it a slasher um so the the subgenre is basically kind of made up of a few main ingredients being of course that there's a killer yeah. uh usually a man <laughs> gotta have uh, one of those yep he usually a, a man in a mask uh, of some sort or something that obscures his identity in some way um and a big thing of course was that this genre what kind of set it aside when it came out in a big way was that it doesn't really focus on characters or character development or telling the story at all as much as it uh, focuses on like the violence and the killing <laughs> um and then, of course, we have uh, there's usually a final girl type character who is kind of the uh, person at the end of it all who survives and takes down the killer, even if for only a short time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so I like I, I did some I, I knew a little bit about, of course, the origin of it because I, I have been deeply vested in slashers since I was younger. Um, But I actually learned a lot of stuff uh, researching for this podcast that I didn't know. So we're going to talk about some early influences of the genre. Um, And before the slasher film, there, you know, of course, what was quote scary before that we had like the classic monster films, like the Mm -hmm. universal creature from the black lagoon, that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of like supernatural horror, um, which is where we get a lot of our great ridiculous B films, like you know alien foreheads from outer space type stuff, <laughs> uh, in the like the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Mm-hmm. So um, in the 60s, though, this was something I did not know. Uh, the first kind of like quote slashers, even though they aren't exactly what we know today, were actually um, like Italian films, huh. <laughs> and they were called giallo which is the Italian word for yellow mm-hmm. called yellow films or like spaghetti thrillers. And um, th- they were called yellow films because of like crime novels from Italy that were like yellow covered kind of oh, pulp okay, novels. Like, yeah. Like a pulp novel. Uh-huh. Um, and those kind of started paving the way for what would become the slasher film later. Um, they were a lot more like kind of crime thrillers Um in in Germany started these as well. They were called crimi films. Um, but it it kind of ended up leading the way to 
what some people, I don't call this the first American slasher, but uh, for- Already getting controversial. (laughs) Kind of paved the way for um, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Um, It was very much that style. Uh, the, the, The Italian films were kind of in that, which, you know, Psycho is interesting because- now it's not that scary but for the time it pushed a lot of boundaries (laughs) of what you could and couldn't show um but that kind of psycho kind of ushered in the era of like the psychopath like the 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 new fear was humans like Mm -hmm. less than monsters and supernatural things it was more like what are people capable of when they're pushed to their limit um so then we kind of get into this is what actually I kind of consider to be what started the genre. And I actually got to watch this film for the first time uh, two weeks ago <laughs> for for another podcast that I was a guest on uh, Nightmare on Fear Street. They uh, do do the do horror movie kind of dissections. Yeah. Um, but it's a film, a Canadian film called Black Christmas mm-hmm. it was released in 1974. And it very much plays on the kind of urban legend of like, you know, killer living in the attic of a sorority house type mm. thing. Um, But it was really interesting because I, I had not seen it before. And it was released, like I said, in 74. Uh, John Carpenter's Halloween did not come out till 1978. And watching Black Christmas, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is Halloween. Yeah, I mean it's not. <laughs> um, it's definitely not as good, and the the plot definitely leaves something to be desired. The characters are not very uh, interesting, but uh, the the premise that you never mm-hmm. see the killer and it's kind of this this shape um, that that is Black Christmas's kind of uh, fear point, and that is exactly what John Carpenter did four years later. Of course, he expanded it a lot. Um, but John Carpenter's Halloween was like the either the or one of the highest grossing independent films of all time. Oh, wow. um, and that is where we really start getting into the like pattern, the um, what's the word I want? Like the, the, the template uh, for yeah. what the modern slasher became in the United States. Um, so that's a little bit of our, our history of how did we get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, from the 70s, um, I guess I should give credit where it's due to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre also came out in 1974. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of one of the lesser appreciated um, slashers. For me, it's hard to watch because it is based on uh, Ed Gein and like some of his crimes. And it, yeah. it's pretty horrific. It's <laughs> a good old Wisconsin boy. Yes. <laughs> There's a, a lot of serial killers from Wisconsin. Yep. A whole, whole lot of them. Uh, Penny, is there something you'd like to tell us? Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, but the 70s really started kind of um, putting forth this idea of this merciless killer that kind of kills without reason, mm-hmm. almost. Um, and that, you know, we get into the 80s, we get Friday the 13th franchise, uh, Wes Craven hits the scene, Nightmare on Elm Street comes out, um, which that ended up also being a huge, like, whole other thing, because these other, you know, 
killers in previous slasher films, they're kind of localized. <laughs> like yeah. Michael Myers is localized to Haddonfield because he's tracking Laurie. Like he, he has a specific goal. Um, and like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he's kind of uh, s- stuck in this small town where he's from. Uh, but Freddy <laughs> brought this whole other level of villainry because he can literally get you anywhere in your dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it play it, this, that film franchise, which as, as you know, for sure, Penny, and I think most <laughs> of our audience knows is my favorite slasher franchise, uh, the nightmare on Elm street films, but he, they got to get really, <laughs> I hate to say it that way. It sounds so bad, but we're going to get into that too. Uh, <laughs> they, they were able to get really creative with the kills yeah. because they weren't bound by reality with him as a killer. Um, so it was, you know, kind of about how far Freddie could take things uh, outside of, you know, Michael obviously can stab somebody in real time in real life. Uh, but Freddie has all these capabilities outside of that, almost like a supervillain. Yeah. Um, and he's also the first kind of slasher villain that we we get to know him. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think you and I both said Freddie is our favorite, mm-hmm. like slasher villain. Uh, and he kind of paves the way for like child's play with Chucky, like these kind of funny, uh, campy villains in slashers that we get through the 90s. And uh, I don't know, Wes Craven really becomes the master of horror during this time. Uh, of course, you know, 10 years later, we get Scream. Yeah. Um, and that is its whole other thing with it kind of poking fun at its own its own genre and combining the slasher with the whodunit film. Um, And, you know, we're still, I think that I think scream paved a whole new way too for the slasher genre. Like, I think we're, I would still say we're in the scream era of slashers. Um, Like I, fear street came out this past year, uh, the fear street trilogy on Netflix. And uh, those are very much patterned in a scream type template where it's a lot of jokes at the expense of the jo- of the genre but uh is still lots of great jump scares lots of fun interesting uh ways that they go about that so uh yeah we're we're up to the modern slasher hey. <laughs> uh, penny has let me rant incessantly for <laughs> 10 minutes here uh before i get into kind of some of the the problematic aspects of slasher films <laughs> Um, so you, you are not a big scary movie person, but do you, do you enjoy a slasher at all? Yeah, I would say that I, I occasionally, I occasionally dabble in a slasher. Um, I don't watch a lot of scary movies, but like, um, I, I definitely find like slasher movies are a fun movie to watch with people. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's definitely, especially in kind of like our modern scream era, like, it's enough of like a tongue in cheek kind of experience that you kind of get into it in a group. So like I do, I mean, I've seen uh, nightmare on Elm street, um, scream, uh, some things like that. So I think it is, I, I do enjoy this f- feels, feels weird to say, but I do enjoy <laughs> a creative, a creative slasher. Well, um, and that's <laughs> kind of my, my next point too, is like this, 
weird cultural bonding experience we all have with slashers over like watching people get killed. Mm. Uh, it's not great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there is something very, it's the closest I've ever gotten to understanding why people like true crime. Cause I was never a true crime person. Um, but there is something like therapeutic about it almost like it, it, it hits this weird primal fear of like getting killed, but then you can like laugh at it cause it's goofy. Yeah. And I, I am very much a true crime person. So yes, you are. <laughs> so I, I definitely feel, feel that vibe. And like, I think it, it goes, it says a lot that like a lot of true crime podcasts and things like that do build up like a big community mm-hmm. around them because it is like, there's something to be said for kind of that communal experience of kind of experiencing and confronting a fear or anxiety. And mm-hmm. I think you feel like a little bit better about it. Like you almost feel like maybe you're like mentally prepared a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. I know. that, And that's something that this is just a side thing. I'm sure this happens with slashers too. Um, but kind of the concept of does exposure to this make you more nervous about the topic or less nervous about it because a lot of people get extra anxious but Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like okay like now my brain has run through these scenarios and I'm less like threatened by them yeah and that's yeah I definitely too kind of in my uh my notes have the you know sense of like does this desensitize us does it make us more violent does it make us you know but I I also I mean I I agree with you like I I think slashers always have me like, like checking my exits, you know, anytime I go, (laughs) anytime I go anywhere new, I'm like, okay, how do I get out of here if I have to? Um, I don't know. I, I think there is. And like I said, with, with the scream era, I think we've, we've really melded into kind of this weird, like whodunit sort of slasher, Mm -hmm. like Whereas in the 70s and 80s, it was very much like, this is the killer. And we know, even though he's masked, we know who he is. Like, we know who Mike Myers is. We know who Jason Voorhees is. Um, Whereas, like, a a lot of modern, like, I I like the aspect of, like, oh, who who is it behind the mask? Like, who Mm -hmm. is the killer? Um, Actually, this is a little off topic, but I just finished the show Only Murders in the Building. Have you watched that yet? Oh, I haven't. It is on my list. Oh, I highly recommend it. Uh, If any of y'all listening have watched that show, please DM me personally. Not the the Ghoul's Night In because Penny hasn't watched it. No, don't spoil it for me. Don't spoil it, but DM DM Miss Midge and let's talk about Only Murders because, oh my God, so, so fun. Um. But anyway, yeah, I I think it's actually so I recently read a um a, a book for my book club called Final Final Girls Support Group by Grady mm-hmm. Hendricks. Um and it is really interesting because it does now I will say I have my own opinions about that book and I think that Grady's writing is problematic in a lot of ways. Um but that do be the horror genre, unfortunately. Yes. Um But it did deconstruct horror in a really interesting way because the premise of the book is that it's all the final girls, like after the movies have taken place, like what's left of their lives. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. um, but it's in a reality like that he's constructed where the films were actually made about like real people. Mm -hmm. 
And so these women are seeing people wearing like Jason masks, you know, for Halloween and like wearing Freddy merch and like this weird sensationalization of killers. Uh, And it is really like if you if I sit and think about it too long, it is very weird. (laughs) Like (laughs) these franchises have big fans. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the one of the top grossing slasher films of all time uh, (laughs) in box office, like and I definitely would not say this is like a, a a well-liked film by any means. I love it personally, but it's Freddy versus Jason. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, that was a movie for the fans, like specifically that they merged those two franchises and it is literally nothing but like entertainment for the people who are fans of these killers. And that's yeah. really <laughs> like really wild when you sit and think about it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I definitely do want to get into kind of also the the problematic aspects of slasher films because I feel like you can't talk about this genre without getting into the the moral aspects of it. Yeah. Um. Of course, I mean, top uh, trope that I feel like goes it comes to mind when people say slasher is that for years it was like the black character dies first, mm-hmm. um, which is of course problematic on so many levels. <laughs> Um, and I feel like a lot of modern slashers are doing a better job of deconstructing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even, I mean, I've, no- I've noticed even in the wake of like the last couple of years, like the um, the Fear Street trilogy, in the second film, the first kill is the, the one of the only black characters in the in the in the show. Yeah, and it's interesting because films like that are working to deconstruct the tropes of that, but then they still seem to fall into them every yeah. time. Um, and then there's of course also, you know, the, the moral kind of dilemma with uh, usually characters who are killed in, especially in the seventies and eighties slashers uh, were like, if you have sex, you die oh, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, and it kind of becomes this, uh, well, that character deserved to die because they were morally questionable. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, then we build a whole thing around slut shaming. And <laughs> uh, it's it's really complicated to like slasher films. I think there are so many. Um, and then, of course, yeah, just the rooting for blood, kind of like the most creative kill kind of thing. Um, I... I am excited for where the genre is going because I am seeing a lot of really interesting turns. Um, I know a lot of y'all, if you follow me on Instagram, like I got to see uh, Candyman this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Candyman, the 1992 Candyman has its own issues as well. <laughs> um, but like Candyman was amazing and they they really took the opportunity to merge a slasher film really like still using the template of a good slasher, but also making a really strong statement. Um, and I, w- I really, really need Costa round of applause. Um, yes. Incredible direction, incredible screenwriting, like just, just freaking good filmmaking. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hopefully see more of that coming out of the slasher genre in the next like 10 years. And I hope people will get on board with it because I know like we're still remaking Scream, which I'm not. Am I going to go? Absolutely. (laughs) Am I going to go see Scream 5 on like opening night? Yeah. 
like did i was i like here with bells on for halloween kills absolutely um but i i hope that we can kind of appreciate where the genre came from but see it continue to evolve into something better (laughs) yeah i mean i think there's also just even obviously it is better to be uh less problematic and less shitty about things but even if you set any of that aside like it's such fertile ground to like subvert these tropes and it's much more creatively interesting to do something new with a genre and i know i think it's a tv tropes term like lampshading a trope Mm -hmm. where you like acknowledge it but then kind of set it on its head and that's yes. always been like my favorite kind of thing in, in any genre that I like is to kind of see those those twists on the classics. And I think that we've definitely seen some um, things, movies thus far that are definitely doing that. And I hope that we do continue to see more. I also love that. I mean, <laughs> maybe a weird uh, hill for me to die on here, but I love that we're seeing more female killers and things, too. <laughs> like, I, I, I like... I mean, okay, spoiler alert, skip ahead 10 seconds right now. If you haven't seen Scream 4, first of all, what are you doing? But anyway, uh, Scream 4, they they do the whodunit thing again. You don't know who Ghostface is, you know, and then it ends up being a woman at the end. And it's like, oh, like, and it was so, it's so interesting that like, you get through it and you're not suspecting it to be a woman. Like yeah. even, even that it's so simple to just flip that trope. Uh, but like our, our brains are so trained to this, you know, specific template, which of course, you know, there, there are also reasons for that that are gr- rooted in reality, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this kind of new generation of voices to take over I mean, not just slasher, the horror genre and Mm -hmm. reboot it in a way that I think is going to be both exciting, creative and interesting, but also hopefully like more aware and uh, making really creative art that is not only entertaining and spooky, but also says something along the way. Because I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, like why the slasher is popular is because a lot of our our reality is rooted in violence like our our world and like you said it gives us a a, an outlet to face our fears in a safe way Mm -hmm. um and i think we can i think the genre can do a lot with that with everything going on in 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 our world um but i do i will i will always love a classic slasher i'm still gonna watch nightmare on elm street all the time (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for letting me uh, word vomit about this because I know it's not your shtick, but I uh, I really, I had to cover slashers at some point because they are just one of my absolute favorite things to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the history of it's super interesting to kind of see. And like we, like, you know, we were just talking about wanting to see it evolve and you can see from the history that it has evolved a lot to get to this point. Yes. So there, there's no reason that it shouldn't keep kind of evolving and changing with 
sort of the new the new fears and better ways to uh, represent people and things yes uh and stuff i know i'm always i always feel kind of guilty for it but i i when you said that you were excited when a slasher turned out to be a woman Mm -hmm. like i always like kind of secretly love when like a horror movie of any kind kind of ends with the scared girl taking back control and yeah the final girl added like just saying like no i'm not the final girl i'm gonna kick your ass like it's Mm -hmm. a very like (laughs) i I have a very lucille bluth good for her (laughs) reaction good good for her horror is my my new favorite genre uh i and I, i honestly i mean i think that's why Midsummer was so popular. I was. I just watched Midsummer on Friday, and I oh, was did like, "Did you? Oh, yeah, tell me I, everything." <laughs> I was going to be like, "I'm like, this isn't a slasher movie, but no. like, good for her." Well, and what's what's I mean, really fascinating about that movie is Ari Aster doesn't classify it as like a horror film. He, yeah, he yeah, it's a breakup movie. <laughs> Yeah, I was it was interesting. I liked it a lot and I was like this isn't this doesn't really say horror to me. It is just kind of like a thriller. I mean, it has a lot to say about grief, I think, and yes. like emotional experiences and the ways that we do and do not connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh so total not real just a sidebar of commentary no, I'm glad. about No, it's it's great. <laughs> That that's a great like other kind of subgenre that that was I mean that was also why I loved Babadook, it mm-hmm. really commentated on on grief and trauma. Like I again I think there's so many smart ways to use horror to dissect like very real things that we are all experiencing and um, people are people are really starting to go there and I think it's the genre is just going to keep getting smarter and more interesting and I I can't wait to see what's coming next. I really can't. <laughs> Yeah, one of the first horror movies that I I saw that I did like really like and was like, oh, I could be into this uh, was your next. So, oh, yes, that same same kind of good for her. (laughs) Yeah, that and um, oh, I mean, even I mean, Jennifer's Body, which, you you know, is yeah, one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very good for her. Um, Also, weirdly, kind of a slasher in its own its own right. if you have not seen Jennifer's Body, turn this podcast off right now. <laughs> Go watch it. Or I, I cannot continue to speak into your ear holes <laughs> if you have not seen Jennifer's Body. Uh, or, oh my gosh, what's the uh, Ready or... Yeah, Ready or Not. Um, with the... Right? Isn't that what it's called? The bride? I do not know. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. My brain's fried at this point. But uh, yeah, that that is an exciting fun genre that's emerging slowly but surely as well and actually i think uh speaking of i'm gonna i'm gonna do another shameless plug here uh if you guys do not already uh are you not if you're not aware of nightmare on fear street podcast i would highly recommend it Um, it's led by sheree bohannon and trent reese and they uh, spend a lot of time dissecting horror from an intersectional standpoint, both for people of color and for queer folks and um, all, all kinds of great conversation being had on that podcast. Um, and Sheree recently made a list uh, for one of the big horror news outlets. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it was like, I think the list was literally called ghouls night in. <laughs> That's why I thought of this. Um, and it was all like kind of, horror driven by women but not in like a final girl way yeah um and i 
it's it's a really really well put together list of 10 films and uh i i will try to remember to to link it in like my instagram stories or um somewhere like list it on the the instagram for ghouls night in so you guys can check it out because it's very very good yeah i'll have to look at that and and put some of those on my personal list yay (laughs) (laughs) well thank you all so much for joining us today uh do you know head over to our socials at ghouls night in pod and uh let us know what your favorite horror like slasher franchise is uh who's your favorite slasher villain what's a what's a kind of wave happening in the current horror like what about (laughs) (laughs) the zeitgeist what what is a uh kind of new wave of horror that you're excited to see happening just uh give me give me your thoughts opinions ideas i love to hear what you guys are interested in as well so and uh, and gets to know yeah we gots to <laughs> uh, and of course don't forget to you know leave us a review wherever you digest your podcasts we love to hear your thoughts and opinions about what we're doing here and we appreciate y'all listening so much uh, if you're looking for me you can find me across all platforms at midge munster and you can find me at penny snark and thank you all again so much for listening today hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and until next time Goodbye. Goodbye.